it's time for another episode of Gospel Preaching Live, brought to you by the Kearney Church of Christ, which meets at 406 North Clark in Kearney, Missouri. Make plans to come out and visit the brethren who look forward to seeing you. And now the host of Gospel Preaching Live, Richard Dodson. Hey, welcome back to the Sunday evening version of Gospel Preaching Live. My name is Richard Dodson, minister at the Carney Church of Christ, and I sure do appreciate you joining me this evening. I pray this lesson will be beneficial and that you'll be able to like it if you're watching on Facebook and YouTube and to share it with as many people as you can help us to take the gospel out to the world. If you have any questions or concerns about uh, the things that are done here uh, on Gospel Preaching Live, perhaps you got a uh, suggestion for a sermon, or you may have a question about something I taught, you can either leave a comment in the comment section, if you're watching on Facebook and YouTube, or if you're listening by the radio or through some other means, you can call or text me at 816-686-9517. That's 816-686-9517. Keep in mind, I'm in the central time zone. You can also email me at gospelpreachinglive at gmail.com. That's gospelpreachinglive at gmail.com. I'd sure love to hear from you. Okay, today's lesson. This is a rather important lesson, and I think it's one that uh, was good for me in preparing the lesson, and I think it'd be good for all of us to consider. You know, sometimes people get comfortable where they're at in life. And I have seen that with different people. I used to work at, at the airport, and uh, I was a supervisor over there busing from parking to the terminal and uh, didn't do it for very long. I didn't like it very much. But needless to say, there was one young man who worked for us he got into trouble. He had what they call too many occurrences. You get too many occurrences. It doesn't matter what anybody thinks you're fired. And he got too many. And so we were talking because I had to fire him and I didn't want to fire him, but I mean, that was just the city rules. And so as we were talking, you know, I, I, I made the observation. I said, you know, I think they're doing you a favor. And he was like, why? And I said, <laughs> you got a family. You're young. You're talented. You can do better. This is a job for retired people. You know, they don't pay very much. You got kids. You need to you need to see what you can do to better yourself. And when he was walking out the door, you know, that's that's something that uh, I encouraged him. I I told him I said, "You go get yours." I go, "It's out there. You go get it." And I and I hope he did. I never have heard from him, but I hope he did. Now, we've all seen people like that who get comfortable where they're at in life and, and they don't they're for whatever reason, they don't want to better themselves. Unfortunately, that can take place in our spiritual lives. There are people, uh, Christians, who get comfortable where they're at, and they don't look to better themselves spiritually. And we're talking about spiritual growth. And there may be various reasons why they don't do that, but that's what they choose to do. And so we're going to look at that tonight. And we're going to notice some of the things that cause people to do that. But we also want to emphasize how important it is to grow spiritually, because that's what the Lord intended for us to do. He wants us to reach for Christ. And what, what we mean by reaching for Christ, we're talking about being Christ-like. With Jesus as the master and we are his disciples, we want to learn to be exactly 
like Jesus Christ. And yes, that comes with a lot of responsibility, and that can have a lot of consequences. There's no doubt people can look at the life of Jesus Christ and think, I don't want to have to go through the Garden of Gethsemane. I don't want to sweat great drops of blood. I don't want to be a man of sorrows. I definitely don't want the persecution or dying on a cross. But yet, perhaps we're missing something in our spiritual perception. Perhaps we're thinking those those things are bad from a physical standpoint, but if someone was like Christ, they might think it's a good thing. And so that's what we're going to talk about this evening. We're going to talk about the spiritual maturity or spiritual perfection that we need to be striving toward. Now, one thing we have to understand is that we can't please God. We can't be like Christ. You know, Jesus pleased the Father in every sense. And we can do the same if we do this through Christ, but we can't do that unless we learn from him. So how are we supposed to do that? I want you to notice what Colossians chapter 2 and verses 1 through 3 states. Paul says, For I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not seen me face to face that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. That's what we're talking about this evening. We want to reach Christ. And why is that? Because there is a, a full assurance, there's riches of full assurance and understanding in the knowledge of God's mystery. But we have to get there to understand it. We're not going to have that type of spiritual perception unless we trust Jesus and 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 make those steps toward it. Go for it. Because we have to trust what's said here. Paul says in Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Now, I don't want you to be unaware of what wisdom and knowledge can accomplish because there are benefits. And that's what he's talking about. There are going to be some benefits of knowing this mystery, which we probably don't understand until we get there. And to give you a case in point, Thomas Edison was a great inventor. We all know he made the light bulb among other things. Uh, the record record player, I believe, he made that one. Uh, I actually went through his museum down in uh, Fort Myers. I wanted to go see it. I thought, you know, a man like him could have wintered anywhere. Why did he want to winter in Fort Myers? And I went down there in search of that, thinking the weather must just be fantastic. And you know why he wintered there? It's because there was a certain bamboo that grew behind his house near the water. And uh, he needed that bamboo to do certain experiments. So yeah, that makes sense, knowing uh, Thomas Edison. But uh, Thomas Edison is said to have been accused of failing when um, many times when he um, tried something to create the light bulb. And he, he never thought of it as a failure. He said that uh, he has proven 10,000 times how not to build a light bulb. And he said, one of these days, he's just going to exhaust all the failures and he'll find the right way. But he looked upon that as a learning experience. Every time he failed, he learned from it 
and that helped him get to his goal of creating the light bulb. That's that was the treasures of the knowledge that you know he was trying to to ascertain so he could have that light bulb. And that's why education is the segue toward greater opportunities. The same way with Jesus. If we know how to please Jesus, then there are there are boundless treasures out there, as Paul said to the uh, Colossians, that we don't understand yet because we're not there. And I want to give you a good case in point. In uh, John chapter 6, uh, and what we're going to do is we're going to take a little chronological trip through the Gospels, and we're going to look at the uh, disciples and how they came about to learn something. And I think we can also learn from this. But in John chapter 6, if you remember, this is after Jesus had walked on the water. Uh, he'd fed the 5,000. They, had, they, they hadn't seen him. They came around looking the water, looking for him. They found him. Jesus had done some teaching. And one of the things he taught was he had said, unless you eat of my flesh, drink of my blood, you cannot be my disciple. That was a hard saying, and because of that, many of his disciples quit following him because they didn't understand it. They thought it was gross. They thought he was going to want them to eat his flesh and drink his blood. They took it literally. But notice what Jesus said. He talked to the 12 uh, that turned out to be his apostles. He goes, do you want to go away as well? And, and Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? He goes, you have the words of eternal life, and we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One. So at this point in the disciples' spiritual development, all they really had come to understand is that Jesus was the source of education for a spiritual life. That's what they knew. And so they were sticking around, even though they didn't understand the teaching and that was a hard teaching. They didn't understand it. They were going to stick around because they knew he was the one. <coughs> and that could explain it. He was the source. And so likewise, when we're thinking about learning to be spiritual, we have to look to Jesus as the source. Now, if we continue on, we get to Matthew chapter 10. This is known as the limited commission by many Bible students. Uh, the great commission is in Matthew 28 when he sent his apostles, these men, into all the world, uh, teaching and baptizing men in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. That's known as the Great Commission, and they accomplished that. They took it throughout the whole world. But in Matthew chapter 10, there's like a dry run, a, a trial, and that's why they call it a training session. And notice what takes place. It says Jesus gave to him uh, his 12 disciples. He gave them authority over unclean spirits, to cast them out, to heal every disease and every affliction. So you think then that they have this, they're going to go out and they're going to use that. Okay. Now let's jump ahead because something else happens that is, is pretty revealing toward this event. Now they've had the power, but did they know how to use it? Well, in Matthew chapter 17 and verse 19 through 20, uh, there was something that took place. There was a, 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 a young man that had epilepsy, and uh, or I say he was he was uh, had a demon in him that was causing convulsions like epileptic fits. I'm sorry, but he, he was demon possessed, 
And the disciples couldn't cast him out, and Jesus took care of it. But I want to read this passage, and then we're going to look at the sister passage over, in, I believe, Luke, and see what it has to say. Because sometimes, you know, you can read uh, in one gospel about that story, and then you read the other version of it, and you can learn things from each account. Notice what said. It said the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? He said to them, because of your little faith. For truly I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. Now notice what he's saying. He's saying that they couldn't do this. Why couldn't they cast it out? Jesus gave them the authority. Why couldn't they do it? Because they had little faith. Now let's look at the other account in Mark chapter 9. In Mark 9, verse 28 and 29, it says, When he had entered the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why could we not cast it out? And he said to them, This kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer. And I think some versions add prayer and fasting, but prayer. Now, the other one, it says belief. And now we're saying prayer. What's the difference? Now, this is revealing. And I figured this out this week because we learn how these disciples developed. They didn't understand this either. They had to sit around and think about this. We don't believe. Obviously, we don't have enough belief. And we're being told we, we didn't pray. Somehow that goes hand in hand. Well, let's look at Luke chapter 11 and verse 1. What took place there? His disciples had to be doing some thinking. And they came to Jesus. This is all after the fact. They came to Jesus, and they said, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. Now, this is important because they didn't have the faith to be able to cast out that demon because they had not heard how to pray. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God, Romans 10, 17. They didn't have the faith because they hadn't been taught yet how to pray. You see, they go hand in hand. Lack of belief, because they hadn't heard the word. And they hadn't prayed, because they haven't been taught. This all takes place later. So they couldn't cast out the demon because they couldn't pray. They hadn't been taught how to pray. And so that equates to a lack of faith, meaning they hadn't been taught. But if they had taught, if they had learned, then they would have had greater opportunities. And as Jesus pointed out, well, you can move mountains if you had such faith, in other words, such belief. That's what he told them. But that is quite a revealing thing for us, because as we're going to see, it, it goes to show you that Bible study is really important, because there are many people who are not reaching for Christ, and why is that? Because they don't believe. Why don't they believe? Well, for some, they haven't been taught. In Romans chapter 10 and verse 14 through 17, Paul says, How will then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? How are they to believe in him in whom they've never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he's heard from us? So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. So we can see then really clearly that we need preachers. And there are many places 
where there's just not enough preaching. We need more preachers. Why? Because faith comes from hearing, hearing through the word of Christ. Why is it they couldn't cast out that demon? Because they didn't believe. Why didn't they believe? Because they hadn't heard preaching yet on how to pray. That was the whole problem. And a lot of times, many people are missing out on the greater riches that come uh, in their spiritual development because they haven't been taught. Uh, in Acts chapter 8, you have the Ethiopian eunuch. It's a good example of that. He needed a preacher. He was studying from the book of Isaiah. He was going to the right source, just like Peter. He went to the right source, but he didn't understand. And so when Philip joined him, uh, he said, do you understand what you're reading? And of course, the eunuch said, how can I unless some man guides me? And so he invited him up into the chariot and starting at that passage, uh, Philip started preaching to him about Jesus. So we can see then that this man understand it. He needed to hear some preaching. He needed to be taught. And, and the Lord does supply preachers, but we need to make sure we're listening. And we need to make sure we're seeking these teachers. And we also need to be working toward being teachers. As Paul told Timothy, Timothy was supposed to train men in order to be teachers. And so there is a real need for more preachers. And I pray that preachers will be motivated to become uh, these type of uh, uh, teachers by being uh, believers in the word of God, being driven by a motivation to save souls. They have learned God's word and they know how powerful it is. They know what it's done in their own life, and they want to help other people. That's that's what I hope people, that's what I hope for, is that people will be motivated to become preachers that way. And there are people out there who can preach. You don't have to be an eloquent speaker, but you need to uh, you need to be out there uh, presenting the gospel, uh, putting it out there to the people so that they can learn, so that they can develop and be more pleasing to God. Now, some people, they just don't. They don't love the truth. That's why they don't believe. They've been taught, but they don't love the truth. Uh, in 2 Thessalonians 2, 9 and 10 is a good passage to go about uh, the lawless one who was to come, and, and many people would perish because they refused the love of the truth so to be saved. In other words, and they just, it wasn't important to them. And that's most unfortunate. And if it's not important to you, then you're just, you're not going to pursue it. And there's a lot of people now, you see a lot of uh, churches, they are doing away with services. They're doing away with their Wednesday night Bible study. And, and that's a really sad thing because it's <laughs> what it's going to create. It's going to create people who uh, don't know God's word. And, th and that's, a, that's a sad thing. We need to love the truth so much that we want to pursue uh, spiritual perfection so that we can have this knowledge and learn about the mysteries of the knowledge of, of Jesus and so that we can be able to know how to use that knowledge to be able to be pleasing to God. Jude verse 5 says, I want to remind you, although you once fully knew it, that Jesus who saved the people out of the land of Egypt afterward destroyed all those who did not believe. And that's exactly right. Uh, we have to make sure that we are believers. And how does believers come again? Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Uh, Hebrews uh, chapter 11, go to verse one. 
Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We need to consider the evidence. And where is that? That's in the scripture. You cannot be convicted until you hear the evidence. You, if you're in a trial, so, you can't convict anyone without you know hearing the, the evidence. And likewise, Jesus should be on trial in your life, and whether or not he is the Son of God. And in order for you to convict him of being the Son of God, you need to hear the evidence. Once you've heard the evidence and you are convinced Jesus Christ is the Son of God, you'll be shocked how far that will take you in your spiritual development. But people need to be believers and not to uh, disregard the Word of God. You know, many people love this world, and that's why they're not reaching out for spiritual perfection. Come to Sunday morning, many times there's other things for them to do. Sleep in, uh, go out for breakfast, go to a football game, go to some kind of get-together. You know, something may be getting in the way uh, that they're wanting to partake in, and church is not a big priority to them. Well, we go to church because God commanded it. In Hebrews uh, chapter 10, we're not supposed to forsake the assembling of ourselves together at 1025. And so we need to make sure that we get ourselves to church. If we are lackadaisical in our service to God, again, we, we can become one of those where it just doesn't matter to us anymore because We've fallen in love with the world. We see Demas being one of those in 2 Timothy 4, verse 10. Demas was one who, in all appearances, in Colossians 4 and Philemon, Philemon in verse 24, um, he was faithful at that time. He was working with the apostle Paul, but Paul makes mention of him in 2 Timothy 4, and it's not good. It says in 4 and verse 10 that he uh, had deserted him. Why? Because he was in love with this present world. Many people uh, fail to pursue spiritual perfection because they fall in love with this present world. 1 John 2, 15 through 17 says, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not from the Father, but it's from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires but whoever does the will of God abides forever. That's important. We need to make sure we don't fall in love with the things of this world. We don't consume ourselves with enjoying those things of this world. We need to consider ourselves as they considered themselves in Hebrews 11. Uh, we're pilgrims walking through this earth, and we got a better home to go to. And so that's the way we have to uh, look at ourselves. We're, we're just pilgrims passing through. We're not looking to uh, put off the work that Jesus has given us to do. And why is that? Romans 8, Paul says in verse 5, For those who live according to the flesh set their mind on the things of the flesh, and those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and, and, and peace. You know, what he's actually saying is, if I can put this into uh, just terms that any man can understand, if you're looking to live after what the Bible teaches, then you're going to have life and peace. But if you're looking to live your life to fulfill the desires of the flesh, then death is what awaits you. That's what's going to take place. And, you know, we need to make sure that we always examine ourselves to make sure we're not living like that. We want to be able to go to heaven. How sad it would be 
if we were to find ourselves in a position where we had done maybe even many things for the Lord, but we may have held back some things. Why? Because we loved the world and we didn't want to give those things up. Sometimes, many times, that's what keeps people from seeking spiritual perfection is because they don't want to be exactly like Christ. They don't want to, as we mentioned, pray uh, in the Garden of Gethsemane and, and sweat as great drops of blood. They don't want the agony of hanging on a cross. They don't want the persecution. Uh, they don't want any of the things that we see associated with Jesus. But yet, we should want to be exactly like Jesus. We should want to walk in his footsteps. And there may be something there, as we mentioned at the beginning of the lesson, if we ever attain that type of spiritual mind, we might find an inner peace that we enjoy far more than anything that the world <coughs> the world can offer, and I believe that would be true. Finally, our last point is many people don't reach for Christ because they just lose interest, and they do. They get, uh, they get bored with uh, serving God. And how terrible a thing in Revelation chapter 2 and verse 2 and 4, and this is uh, uh, when Jesus is writing to the church at Ephesus, you know, he talks about their good works. They did many, many good works. And he talks about these things. They, they just seemed like they were doing everything just great. But then he, he's, he had one thing against them. They'd abandoned the love they had at first. And they were just going through the motions. There wasn't any spirit to it. There wasn't any heart to it. And that is uh, most unfortunate. And a good example how that can happen is in Nehemiah 8 and verse 17. My brother-in-law, Chris Pelt, showed me this. He's a minister at Southside Church of Christ and, uh, in Springfield, Missouri. And he has a good YouTube channel. You can check it out. It's... Uh, what is that? Gospel preaching. Uh, yeah, gospel preaching with Chris Peltz. Uh, I need to put a link to it on here. But uh, uh, we were studying together, and he showed me this, and it's and it's it's really a good passage to show what happens when we get sloppy. In Nehemiah eight and verse seventeen it says, "All the assembly of those who had returned from captivity made booths and lived in the booths, for from the days of J Joshua the son of Nun to that day." The people of Israel had not done so, and there was great rejoicing. So what took place was they had come out of, act, uh, of uh, captivity in Assyria, uh, from Assyria. They had come back to Jerusalem, and they, now things were being restored. Now, they had always, always kept the feast, but in Leviticus 23 and verse 34 through 44, part of keeping the feast was to build a little booth little shack-like thing, and they had to live in it seven days to remind them what it was like when they were out in the wilderness, uh, wandering in the wilderness. And, and that they had not done uh, since Joshua, which was surprising because during the days of, uh, during that time span, I mean, we had men like David and Solomon, uh, you know, all these, all these th people who lived uh, that were faithful people uh, and kings and things, and you, you would have thought, well, surely this had been done. No, they didn't. And so is it any wonder then that they fell into um, 
bondage, uh, they were taken away as punishment from God. And why did that happen? Because they got sloppy. They just simply got sloppy. They weren't keeping this the way the Lord intended for them to keep it. And that can happen when we lose our focus. First Corinthians chapter four and verse 17, Timothy was told by or being sent to Corinth by uh, the apostle Paul. And what was he supposed to do? He was to remind the brethren of his ways in Christ. And that's why it's so important. We need to be reminded uh, of Jesus and the works that he does and, and his words. And that's so it's, it's, it's so important because we don't want to lose interest. That's what takes place. They had their attention when they came out of captivity and they were willing to do it. But I, you know, as time goes on, people start thinking, hey, you know, I'm losing interest in this. We don't have to live in a booth for seven days. You know, that you can see how that takes place. We need to make sure we persevere in reaching for Christ. Now we can do these things. We really can. It's there for us to do. And all the treasures of the wisdom and knowledge of Jesus Christ is there for us. But we're going to have to put the Lord first and go and learn. And we're going to have to uh, pursue this knowledge, try to learn it, because it doesn't just happen on its own. Uh, you got to go seeking for it. And Jesus said, you know, if you seek, you'll find. So we have that comfort in knowing that if we do invest in this, then uh, we'll be better off. Okay. That's your lesson this evening. I hope it's been beneficial to you. If you're ever in the Kearney, Missouri area, come and visit us. We are at 406 North Clark. We meet every Sunday morning at 930 for Bible study, 1030 for worship. You can uh, uh, learn about the church by going to CarneyChurch.com. And you can also, at CarneyChurch.com, uh, watch the Berean Spirits. You can press on the YouTube, Facebook, or Berean Spirits app. And you can be on Berean Spirits with us by making comments in the comment section. Berean Spirits is an internet Bible show that uh, me and two other preachers run, and we study a different topic each week. And we try to include people who are taking part on the internet. Uh, if you can't be on live, don't worry about it. We, uh, you can always watch it uh, on repeat. I mean, they, they're, they're, it's always up there. And uh, on YouTube and, and Facebook, but uh, you can also listen to it as a podcast on Spotify, as well as Gospel Preaching Live. Gospel Preaching Live is on Spotify as well. Um, KPGZ 102.7 FM. Uh, I preach on that every Sunday morning at 7 a.m. If you want to tune in at 7 a.m. Central Time, they have an app. You can download it and you can listen to a sermon. Uh, or you can, uh, if you're in the Carney area, just tune in to 102.7 FM. Whatever you use to stream the signal, you can do it. But, uh, yeah, I'd like to invite you to uh, listen every Sunday morning, 7 a.m. Central Time. All right, that's all I got for you this evening. <clears throat> Lord willing, I will be with you again this Thursday at 7 p.m. Until then, remember, this is the day the Lord has made. Let's rejoice in it and be glad. This has been Gospel Preaching Live. Join us each week as truth is taught Faith is examined and beliefs are challenged. Be sure and hit the like button so you can be notified of future episodes. And to watch past episodes, go to our website, carneychurch.com. This has been a work of the Carney Church of Christ.